You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How is everybody doing today? Uh, we're going to get to it into it here. You guys know the deal. John Costco's in the building. We're going to do the under the lens. We're going to get to PFF player grades. Certainly some interesting ones this week. And I see the Debbie, Debbie Downer party on social media is still going on. Yeah, I mean, guys, look, I mean, yes, you did not play well. You still scored 31 points, won a game by double digits. And most importantly, you are now one and one and a four-way tie for first place in the AFC North. Today's edition of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. It is back starting this week. Eric Crocker uh, joining uh, forces with Ryan Tracy. These guys are going to do the best. Crocker's going to break down the players. Ryan Tracy is going to break down the analytics, so whether it's Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, Make sure you are subscribed and following the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. Trust me, Eric's going to do a fantastic job taking that and running with it. Like I said, John Costco is here. Browns victorious yesterday, 31-21 over the Houston Texans. John, first one, first things first. Um, and this is where sometimes, and for your guys and your for you guys in your in your grading system, things Get a little confusing. Look, Baker Mayfield to this point, 81 point, whatever it is, completion percentage. That's absolutely outstanding. Yesterday, 19 to 21, 90% completion percentage. Again, fantastic. But, John, the grade didn't necessarily match what I guess if you just broke it down into bits and pieces. Maybe explain a little bit about that, you know, uh, for the listeners here who would definitely certainly have some questions about this. Yeah, I think it depends on the types of throws the quarterback is making. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think that maybe for one, he has the interception, um, the interception. I know, I know there's a lot of talk on Twitter saying that, Oh, this was on Schwartz, not on Baker. Watch it from the end zone copy and all 22 Baker missed on the throw and Schwartz could have potentially broken up an interception. You heard it what, when Kevin Savancy was talking about this in, uh, in his post-game presser, he was hesitant to answer the question and said that you would hope that the rookie would go in there and break up an interception. If you're having a guy needing to break up an interception, you're it's likely that's it's hey, a bad throw already. It's a bad throw. Exactly. Um, and he, I mean, legitimately only missed on two throws that one in the, in the previous throw that you had the, the, the seam ball to Njoku, the previous play, but look at his, his average depth of target, his average depth of target. This game was uh, five, five yards down the field. So you're asking the quarterback to he's a, when he got hurt, he's probably not, he's no longer pushing the ball down the field. So everything that he's throwing is super short dink and duck type stuff. You expect the quarterback to make those throws. So he graded, you know, he graded fine in this game, a 73.2. You take away, he had the fumble as well. That's going to hurt his grade. Um, most people don't even remember the fumble because it went out of bounds, but you've got to be, mm-hmm. you can't be careless with that ball, right? So you have, you know, two turnover worthy plays. Um, and he's just not pushing the ball down the field where he's accumulating positively graded throws. You're throwing a lot of stuff that's underneath that you would expect the quarterback to make. That's why he's, his grade is, Fine, nothing special. 
I would say he's playing well, efficient I, I, ball. He he took what the defense gave him and he played well for the most part. Well, and you know, this is the advantage that Baker Mayfield has with this system, with Coach Stefanski's system, with the running game he has, with the offensive line he has. You know, you do these 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 bootlegs and these rollouts off of play action where the guy's wide open by five yards. I mean, basically you could do one of two things. You could throw it to the tight end who's open, or you could just point at the tight end and say, uh, turn up field, go get the next guy. Uh, I'll just keep this one myself. So maybe we can take a seven yard uh, reception here and, you know, turn it into a 15 yard play, you know, something like that. Um, so again, but look to the point here and look, it, it can be critiqued and all of that stuff or whatever. Baker Mayfield's completing 81% of his passes right now. No one's complaining. No one's whining to the one guy, only one touchdown pass. I don't care how the Browns score their touchdowns. I literally don't. If they want to put a, a, a defensive lineman in the backfield and let him score every touchdown this year, I don't care who physically is scoring. The Browns are scoring two games in a row. You know, I mean, I believe now it is 30, I mean, 60 points through two games. I, I don't understand what the problem is. You're averaging 30 points a game. Folks, this is what we kind of talked about. While it took time for the defense to, and we'll get to the defense a little later, while it took time for the defense to gel, what did this offense need to do? You need to carry it. You need to put up points. You're averaging 30 points a game up until this point, even with yesterday not being what you were hoping for. Now, getting back to yesterday, th- you know, 31's not bad. Probably could have found a way to drop 40 on this team. You lose Jarvis early. You mentioned Baker. And, you know, look, Baker, I love you to death. If you're going to get involved in a turnover tackle, can we make sure it's near the sidelines where you're basically just pushing the guy out? I don't need you squaring up like you're in a hole with all this traffic around you. And somebody's basically got you marked and said, oh, is this what's going to happen? Because guess what? I'm going to try to truck the living daylights out of you because it's a free shot on a quarterback. Baker, please. We don't need it. And, you know, the fact that you and you know, the fact that you ran inside, I'm sure got the needle, which is fine. You know, we appreciate it. Appreciate what you did for the city. Um, but if you're between the hash marks, we're not squaring up against anybody who's got the ball in their hands. Please never, ever again. And if one of the Browns offensive linemen wants to pick Baker up and basically squash him on the ground to prevent it, that would be fantastic, too. With the loss of Jarvis Landry, and for what we know now, it's week to week. If I remember, I know Rashard Higgins had a similar injury, and this was going back to Baker's rookie year in 2018. Rashard Higgins had that injury in the first game, in the, the first Baltimore game early in the year. He actually had a big touchdown in that game. That was one Ravens one. Greg Joseph inked one over, and you know, the Browns did win that game. Uh, so this is one of those things. You're probably talking maybe three to five weeks. It's to the point where he can start moving around. It's to the point where he can start practicing again. But then it's probably another week after that before it's loose enough where he can cut like the Jarvis Landry we expect to be on the field. Anthony Schwartz, as much as week one, was a nice little delight. Not much here week two. We're still waiting for Donovan Peoples-Jones in some capacity. Um, there's going to be probably a, a wide receiver brought up from the practice squad with the release of Davion Davis. Most likely you think that's probably going to be Jamarcus Bradley. And there is the looming question, and everybody seems to be saying that the plan was to have Odell ready for week three. We'll see. But, John, as much as the, uh, this group kind of looked like it was pretty, pretty good, um, it needs to get a little bit better. It's great that the tight ends had a nice day yesterday collectively, but we need something more out of this wide receiver room. Yeah, I think, um, you know, week one, you're expecting, you know, OBJ to be active and healthy, and um, that hasn't happened. And, and essentially their biggest addition to this offense was hoping that OBJ would be healthy and be that that guy. Um, and that hasn't happened yet, obviously. So I think with without him, uh, now, you've, now you've lost Jarvis Landry for, you know, who knows how many weeks. Um, and, you know, the rest of these guys really kind of haven't, you know, 
maybe stepped up. Richard Higgins kind of did step up a bit in spots yesterday. Um, you know, Donovan. The way they were talking about him, it's like nobody ever saw him take a snap in the NFL. It literally they made it sound like, you know, he was, you know, cleaning out the garbage cans and then all of a sudden they slapped a jersey on him. I mean, Adam Archuleta, I was like, dude, seriously, I had almost eight hundred yards receiving last year. We're talking about him like he's non existent. Frustrating but good. Yeah, and you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones had the one catch and then fumbled it, right? So part of it, part of the the defense, the defense that the, you know, the Texans run um, basically just kind of limits any type of downfield shots that you could take. So the receivers are kind of taken out of it. And then the fact that like, you're essentially running, you know, your threes and fours as your, as your ones and twos. I, I mean, that matters. Like they, they don't have, they don't have like a, a legitimate number one wide receiver out there at that point. And you're trying to piece together, you know, packages for these guys that are is going to work. And I mean, they scored 31 points and I know that there's, there's a lot of talk about, Oh, it doesn't look pretty and stuff like that. It was like, well, you, you're, you're without your top two wide receivers. Um, That's it, going to happen. Right. So I, I, I think that the, you know, you have to hope that OBJ comes back this week and he's, he can bring bring a different dynamic element to that offense, but um, you know, I they, they definitely need these guys to step up in a big way, especially like Donovan Peoples Jones, who you know by all accounts in preseason, again you you take preseason and training camp with a big grain of salt, that he can do that, and and we have yet to see that. Well, that's certainly been a struggle to this point. That being said, um, with Jarvis Landry slated to miss some time. And there has been this talk, obviously, all summer. What we saw, Dimitri Felton looked good. Um, not much of a factor week one. The question was going to be, how is he ever going to find, you know, an opportunity to get the ball in his hands? Well, yesterday without Odell Beckham Jr., without Jarvis Landry, um, you call his name for a specific role. Probably had that specific play in mind. The rookie doesn't disappoint. I mean, you got everything, John, broke a couple tackles, a spin, uh, a little acceleration there at the 10. Great job by Rashard Higgins clearing out the last defender right around the 11, 12-11 yard line. And rookie takes it in. He calls number again later. You get another nice return of your investment, I believe, an 18-yard reception. And this is where an opportunity arises for Felton. A, Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's been, well, for DPJ, not much yet. Schwartz mixed. Now you say, well, here's another guy maybe, you know, look – you all fight it out. Whoever one of you guys finds a way to contribute right now, we're going to have to play the hot hand and give somebody an opportunity. But there is the diversity aspect of he comes onto the field and as a defense, as a secondary, as the guys who are, you know, going to be, you know, uh, you know, de- uh, detailed with covering, you don't know what the hell he's going to do. You don't know what the world they're going to do with him. Um, and that's the joy of having a unique player like him and, you know, small sample size, but it looked well, and now there's an opportunity where, you know, normally you'd say, wow, this is great. He helped us pull this one out. But now there's a hole here for, you know, what could be about a month or so. And, you know, he's probably got an opportunity to contribute just as much as maybe anybody else does. Yeah, absolutely. So 98.7 grade on three snaps, which is pretty impressive, obviously. Um, he looks – he's a guy that you can – if you put him out there, you can split, put him in the backfield. You can put split him out wide in the slot. You can just be a versatile in your offense when you have him out. And that's one of the reasons why they drafted him is is to have that versatility. So I, I think with Demetric Felting, obviously without Jarvis Landry now, he's just going to see a little bit of an increased role. You never want to have to rely on a six-round rookie to be that guy. But 
he has, you know, a skill set that you can utilize in in certain situations, which they they did so, you know, yesterday in yesterday's game to great advantage and a great, you know, uh, ability. So I think with him, um, you continue to grow that role. You continue to to feed him to rock. He had three, you know, he forced three missed tackles on those two catches. Um, obviously, everybody knows how electric that play was. So uh, I, I would say just continue to. You know, the, the encouraging thing is the two rookies in Schwartz and, and Felton have looked really good when they've been called upon um, mm-hmm. in, in the first two weeks of the season, which, you know, if, if they continue to do that, um, you know, it's good things for, for the future for the Browns. It, it's fun. It's fun to have. And this is, you know, the depth that they have at the skill positions. You can get days like this. You know, even Harrison Bryant yesterday with his contributions, obviously David Njoku in week one. Um, they found a way to kind of keep Austin Hooper. It's not, you know, by all means, he's not killing anybody, but you found a way to keep him involved. And this week, they actually found a way to keep him out involved throughout four quarters. So you always got to keep the defense on the toes, which they've been able to do this point. So, you know, to that end, you just look, I mean, continue to grow. Um, another week coming here. We're going to flip it up. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here uh, with John. We are going to uh, break down some players. I'm really excited to actually talk about number 22. Finally, as far as something on the field, we're going to get to that here. Locked on Browns under the lens with John Costco. We're back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and uh, interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, Right into your Vegas casino games. Don't want to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. John, it's been a long time coming. I mean, and we actually talked about this last night, you know, Pete and I, the amount of times we've spoken about Grant Elpit. And the fact that we have never actually been able to talk about a snap, not a, pre, not a regular season snap, not a preseason snap, not a playoff snap. Finally, yesterday, we get to see it. And I think you got to see, and I, I'm not sure how great it is. So, you know, obviously you can fill us in on all that, but you got to see a little bit of everything. I mean, granted, it was a small sample size, but you kind of got to see what had the Browns so intrigued with this player. You know, whether it was attacking the quarterback, you know, basically on a busted play, whatever it was, uh, smacking around Philip Lindsay. The blitz, you saw the intelligence. And I think the thing that most impressed me about that was as he was getting closer to the line of scrimmage, it almost kind of seemed like he was sinking a little bit lower, trying to make sure like, hey, maybe you don't see me over your tackle. You don't see me over my defensive end. Boom. And it was just that quick. But this is what you need here. This is the plan for Joe Woods. This has always been the plan. It's just been a question of getting to the point where he had three safeties that they were confident in to use said plan and maybe eventually start to supplant some of these linebackers, but the Browns debut for number 22. Yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. Um, pretty much the whole game, except for one play. Um, he, he did give up a, he did bust on a coverage and in, in a back end and gave up a good sizable gain, uh 35 yarder. Um, but really other than that play, like you said, every, everything you said is 
pretty spot on. He was all over the place uh, in the run game. Uh, pass rush, obviously, we know about the sack. He, he forced the fumble. Um, just looked like an explosive athlete out there that you that we've just expected to have of, of the guy, you know, when he, you know, the Browns drafted him in the second round out of LSU last year. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Just an ex- just a, all over the place, making good, sure tackles. Um, don't believe he actually even missed. Yeah, he did miss one tackle. Um, but Went a little really, while, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, so really, and that was like, you know, the one issue that he really had coming out uh, was was missed tackles. And, you know, he, he missed the one or whatever. But I, I would assume that, you know, first game back, you you can excuse some mistakes and stuff like that. So I, I think for an opening debut, it was a 64.4. Would have been a lot better had it not been for the busted coverage um, in terms of his grade because it's a single, you know, 26 snap, snap sample size. So uh, really everything you really kind of wanted – to see from him you got to see uh in a pretty solid effort i would say and this is where it's going to get interesting because with delpit and maybe obviously the plan will be next week to take those 26 snaps and take that number up a bit now you get to the linebackers if you're going to put a third safety on the field that usually means the linebacker is going to come how going to have to come off of it malcolm smith is one, your starter go ahead one one thing too um and this is to go along with what Joe Woods wants to do is that they ran dime defense, 18 snaps in this game. So that means six defensive backs or more. They ran it 18 times compared to last week, which I think was like, you know, I mean, talking about last, last year, they had it. They didn't even reach double, like 15 snaps in dime. So uh, the fact that they did that in one or you know, surpassed last year's total in, in one, one game is pretty impressive. Last week they had four snaps and dimes. So it, it makes a difference when you have all your available guys to you. Certainly. I mean, we don't know what the plan essentially was for week one, but keep in mind Delpit didn't dress and Ronnie Harrison was only there for five snaps. So now moving forward, yes, you know, so Malcolm Smith, uh, you know, obviously played the mic yesterday in absence of Anthony Walker. I don't see any reason that's going to change for this week. I think Smith held his own. John, normally we bring up this name, and it is not usually for positive reasons. And but look, for everybody, we'll get, we can have a little fun with it. And there once was a game, and I still remember, John, where Chad Thomas graded in the 90s. <laughs> granted, because he was putting coverage most of the time. But Mac Wilson. Um, and look, good for him, because you hate to see somebody forever always be, you know, the Monday morning whipping boy. Um, and you really shouldn't have those instances, really, where, you know, you're coming off a victory anyway. But Mac Wilson, uh, you know, maybe buys himself a little bit more time. But as the Browns can maybe go to these three safeties, it's going to take away some snaps for linebackers. Yeah, for sure. I, I would say that, you know, he had 25 snaps in the game yesterday. Um, his grade was a 77.8, which is, you know, for him is, is fantastic. If he could play like that and they maybe they figure out a specific role for him where they just limit what he does um, – you know, that's, that's fine. Right. Uh, I think we know that the type of player he is, his limitations, he's not great in coverage. He's not a super instinctive guy. He's this downhill runner. And you, you, if you're going to fit run gaps, you better be able to fit those run gaps and make your tackles, um, which is what he was able to do. He did miss one tackle, but the fact that he, he just wasn't this wildly out of, out of place. Like he normally is a lot of times what's going on with him is that he's just, he's filling the wrong gaps um and then also compounding that with missing tackles and he he just he was much more sound in his assignment yesterday so kudos to him i mean he had a solid game and you know wasn't tested in coverage at all too so um you know he he 
the one time he was tested in coverage, he, he made a tackle for a loss. So, you know, keep hopefully that's a, a sign of maybe they figure out a specific role for him that he can be good moving forward. But, you know, I, I definitely want to see much more from him long term before saying anything other, you know, otherwise definitively. Yes. And there was uh, once a day, um, there was a safety named Mr. Whitehead who had a phenomenal game against the Baltimore Ravens, but week in, week out was an absolute chump. So we'll see. Yes. Um, you never know. Maybe turn it in the corner. John, everybody, and now this is hysterical and I still love it. Everybody on Joe Woods. Um, and we'll get to the pass rush in the third segment. Um, you call what you call. And the Browns are in a position now where they got guys who are supposed to be getting this job done. John Johnson the third. They very, very well supposed to be getting the job done. Denzel Ward. I'm not really sure what the idea was there yesterday, um, you know, because basically taking an outside shade and just giving up slants. I mean, the first drive, Tyrod Taylor was just like, all right, whatever, dude. I'll take these 12 to 15 yard throws if you're going to give them to me. But, you know, everybody wants to get on Joe Woods. But we're to the point here now, it may not necessarily mean so much who the defensive coordinator is. Players need to, you know, the old baseball line of live up to the back of their baseball card. These guys need to live up to what their reputations are. Yeah, so there's a couple of the couple of those Denzel throws. One of them that was a they were in cover three, and so Denzel is expecting his middle of the field safety, which was John Johnson, to be there to like he gave up the catch, which he you know would have been should have been like maybe a twelve to fifteen yard catch, but John Johnson for whatever reason just screamed down into into a run fit when he was the deep middle third safety. Um, and it went for an extra like 30, 30 yards or something like that. Uh, so part of that was, you know, that's another reason why John Johnson's grade was 42.4. He was also beat on that deep, deep route, um, that was overthrown as well. But yeah, Denzel Ward, part of it is, you know, I think part of it was scheme wise of, of, Hey, you're in cover three, you just, but you can't let that, that happen as much early on. And then, it was him kind of getting beat up a bit by Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks is just a really good wide receiver. Um, they were getting pretty physical with each other, and Brandon Cooks just happened to win that. Uh, but, yeah, Denzel Ward, and you need to see more out of him. I think you just need to be able to see him to be able to lock that down instead of giving up all these catches. You know, he gave up 90 yards into his coverage or whatever. So he's just got he's got to be better. Um, and then John Johnson's got just got to be better, so. And we're going to get to here in just one second as we hit up to the next segment. Something that I, it's kind of shocking to believe to this point, but also maybe why, you know, some of this coverage uh, is, you know, maybe lapsing the way it is. A little bit more here under the lens, your Tuesday edition of Lockdown Browns, PFF lead analyst, John Costco, along with your host, Jeff Lloyd. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now and view auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have something for they have uh, something as simple as engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your vehicle. So whether it's either your daily driver or your Sunday special. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your front door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know the folks here at Rock Auto sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. 
www.thepodcastmaker.com. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part is there is no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Through two games, John, and the Browns certainly put an investment into this defensive line, bringing in Miles Garrett, bringing in Malik Jackson, taking the chance on Malik McDowell, um, which looks like he's going to have some staying power with his, his defensive line, bringing in Tack McKinley. Two sacks, John, in two games. That's all you have thus far from this defensive line. So maybe some of the coverage woes can be attested to that. But I got to be honest, if whether it was Tyrod Taylor uh, or it was David Davis Mills yesterday, for me, a lot of it was, well, where in the world are these guys? I mean, they were crashing the party against Patrick Mahomes a lot of the time. And watching it yesterday, it just kind of seemed like, well, you know, are we allowed to hit the quarterback today? Is, you know, is my color off on my TV? Is he wearing a red jersey? What the hell's going on here? Yeah, they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't show up, essentially. Uh, you're talking about Miles Garrett has did zero pressures in the game. Uh, Malik McDowell had had two. He had a hit in a hurry. Malik Jackson had two hurries. Um, and then Jadavion Clowney had, had four pressures, uh, two hits and two hurries. But, yeah, you're definitely expecting more um, out, of, out of this unit to be able to get pressure. Part of it is that they have, so far through two weeks, they have the – the fifth lowest pressure and blitz rate in the NFL, um, which is obviously, you know, if you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, you would expect to be able to get pressure on the quarterback with this, you know, these, you know, your four guys that you got going on at uh, going after the co- quarterback. Um, so if you're not doing that and you're also, your defense is t- kind of struggling, you've got to switch things, things up, stunt some guys, blitz, um, just move the guys around and they're not they weren't doing it. So part of it is is how much is is the scheme, how much is this on these guys that's winning these blocks. Um, I didn't even check to see how quickly Tyrod Taylor was getting rid of the ball yesterday. Um, because that could play a factor in it. It definitely doesn't play a factor with Mahomes. Mahomes hangs onto the ball for forever. Uh, but if like but Tyrod Taylor's, you know, getting rid of the ball in in under two seconds, then there's no chance for that pass rush to really ever make it home. Um you know, I, so I, I could take a look at that, but it's, it's, you want the, that, even so you still want that defensive line to be better. And essentially you want the whole, whole defense needs to be better. Um, like you're saying, is it a, is it a DC thing or is it a player thing? And I, I have to assume it's, it's an all everybody type thing because um, you, you just have to be better. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor's time to throw in this game was 2.69, which is not, super fast but it is much faster than normal for him so you know i i think i think he is getting rid of the ball at a, at a decently quick rate compared to what you're expecting out of the tyrod taylor offense i know that for most of his career he's been above three so you know you know part of it is, is probably him is just he was getting rid of the ball quickly but he, this defensive line needs to be better it, it, i mean this is you know as much as the secondary has potential to be extremely good, and that's fine. Um, you were expecting a lot more out of this defensive line at this point. 
and you know essentially just not getting it. Now, John, you know, with you know Owusu Koromoa and with you know Grant Elpit, what are you doing here on the defensive side of the ball here? You you know you can't play everybody a ton. Obviously, there's just not enough reps. While Anthony Walker's out, you have an opportunity here maybe to experiment a little bit. You know, Malcolm Smith, you know, it was actually, you know, it was funny, Coach Stefanski, you know, at, you know, giving him kudos, you know, as he was talking to the team after the game. And, you know, Malcolm Smith is like 31 and referring to him as old man. Uh, but had a hell of an interception yesterday. His calling card certainly is more, you know, being in against the pass than it is you know, necessarily against the run. Um, do you, I mean, because with Delpit, with Wu, you have the opportunity to get quicker faster, more athletic on the defensive side of the ball, which is kind of why you probably brought these guys in to begin with. Yeah. Um, I think Joe Woods wants to run the the dime type defense, right? I think he, he talked about it and he's talked about it in press. He's talked about um, at, at nauseum. And I think, you know, you look at it 20, 30, about 30% of his snaps in this past game, he was in dime defense and and then also 30% of the time he was in nickel package. So you're talking about 60% of the time they're, they're in a, you know, a sub package. And I think that's what you, the Browns want to be able to get to and get these guys comfortable. So you can have the speed out on the field and guys that can cover and stop the run, because especially when you get, go up, Obviously, they haven't done it, but like if going against a Tyrod Taylor or, or Lamar Jackson or it's a mobile quarterback, to be able to combat that is with speed out there. Part of it is like you, 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 a, you need to get pressure on the quarterback and then contain him in that pocket. And if he is does break the pocket, you need to implement a spy out there or somebody to be able to 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 rally to get to that that quarterback down. Um, so there there needs to be some adjusting to maybe the schemes to be able to do that. But I think what they want to do is definitely run, you know, the, the dime dime packages for sure. Whether it's the offensive side of the ball, whether it's the defensive side of the ball, John, you know, uh, through two weeks now, is there somebody maybe who deserves some attention that we haven't brought up in our two sit downs as far as maybe playing a little bit better or, you know, playing good, I should say, or maybe needs to step up a little bit. I would say Joel Batonia has been kind of unsung in terms of what he's doing. He's got to grade this year. I think that people just realize that he's really, really freaking good. And, it, you know, they, they only talk about him if he does something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like par for the course with offensive linemen, right? So I think, you know, Joel Batonia's grade is an 82.6. Pass protection's a 90.1. Um, so you're you're talking about a, a guy who's, who's off to a phenomenal start for the season. Um, and I would say, you know, from a somebody that needs to be better is Donovan Peoples Jones. Two targets, two catches in so far through two games. Um, and then obviously had the fumble. And he you need him to become a bigger part of of the offense now, especially without Jarvis Landry in the in the lineup. Um, on the defensive side of things, like I mean, we've talked we've talked about him, but you know, you have to praise Malik McDowell for, for what he's done. 81.2 for the season. Uh, um, but then, First you know, NFL games that, of his life. First NFL games of his life. That's a pretty nice start. It, it is a pretty nice start. And I think another guy, too, is Greg Newsom. I think he had the penalty, you know, in the in the game yesterday. But yep. really, other than that, had a really solid game. His grade so far but for the year. He made it up for it afterwards, though, because he made it up with the, with the PBU after the PI, yeah. Yes, exactly. And his grade for the and coverage is a 70.2. Um, so 
you know, obviously that's great for, for what we've seen from, uh, from the rookie. Um, and I, I would say that the guy that would needs to step up and be better, or, I mean, your two guys that you brought in, which are Troy Hill and, and John Johnson, I think you, those guys just have to be better. Um, I, you know, I, going into the season, I, I assumed that there would be you know, issues with the unit gelling for the first couple of weeks of the season. And, you know, we're kind of seeing that play out where there's there's some issues going on in the back end and they just need to get that shored up, uh, get more comfortable with the system. And I would think that, you know, hopefully, hopefully after a few more weeks that they just like the offense last year, really never started clicking until week, you know, eight or sorry, week seven of the season. Maybe maybe this defense needs the same. And now this one. John, I can only imagine some of the chatter among the PFF folks yesterday. The Houston Texans get it to fourth and two. The Browns committed a penalty. The Texans declined the penalty. They decided to punt it on fourth and two, kick it into the end zone. I mean, I'm sitting there. I'm looking back and forth. I'm going, all right, there's got to be something I'm missing here. There's got to be something I'm missing. There's got to be. And then when I saw Coach Stefanski's, I was like, all right, there is nothing I'm missing. This is like football one-on-one, I mean, one-on-one. First of all, you give your quarterback, it's not like you had Davis Mills out there at the time. You still had Tyrod out there. So you say, oh, all right, well, now it's third and 10 or third and nine. It's a lot more manageable now. Or I, I, what, what, I mean, I granted he admitted he made the mistake, but I could only imagine what some PFF folks were, you know, the chatter that must have been going on yesterday as that was unfolding. Yeah, that was uh, maybe the most boneheaded decision we've we've ever seen at PFF. It's, it's obviously it's an honest mistake that he made, but it's like I don't even know how you can even make that mistake. Like as but you're even still though, you're on the road. So what the hell are you punting for? You know, Mark Ingram, he was. I mean, I wouldn't want to say he was gashing him, but he was pretty consistent on picking up three to four yards up the middle. I mean, just or if anything, I mean, none of it made any freaking sense. Because, you know, and then, of course, you know, the punter does what punters do. He just, I'm assuming he just thought, oh, man, we didn't get this. And it's like, oh, there's a penalty, but it doesn't matter. Like, it it was just like almost in his head that like, it's like, oh, we we didn't get it. We got a punt. And like, he couldn't get out of that mindset, which is like, obviously, like, I think a red flag when it comes to for a football coach. I I would say, though, like, you know, to, to kudos to him is that like, this this Texans team was way more prepared and well coached than I kind of really thought would they would be going into. They they were feisty. They they I would say that he had this team very well prepared. Um, which you know I think when you you look at the hiring the hiring that happened this offseason for that team is like you just thought it was kind of almost like a joke hiring or whatever. And maybe that decision yeah, kind of like be goes, here a year they'll get the number one overall pick and then they're going to start everything over from there. Right, like that's kind of like um in san francisco uh what was it jim tom sula or whatever it was like almost almost like that um but do us a favor do us a favor just manage this make sure it really really goes badly and we'll pay you and out the door you can go to your next gig yeah so maybe maybe it was on purpose to to, to climb that and just go like hey, we're tossing this game <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i just i i literally sat there for about five minutes and just in absolute like you know is there something I'm missing like, you know, is there something, I mean, I don't know, but you know, did the referee call the wrong penalty? What in the world is going on here? But Hey, I mean, it happens to his credit. He admitted it, admitted he was wrong. Um, but coach Stefanski, even with the, you know, like, and then the other thing I was thinking is, do they have a great, great fake punt 
that they just could not wait to maybe use it. Like they just didn't want to hold on to it. No, and they glassed nope. it, you know, nine yards deep in the end zone. Nope. No, they definitely that, did that not. Hard. You know, and even if I'm the punter there, I mean, I would have even been to the point where I think I'm going to call time out because none of this seems right. Like none of this seems like we should be doing this. Yeah. Like it didn't make sense. Right. Where it's like, you're asking coach, like if you're declining it, why aren't we, why aren't we going for this? Like, like somebody on that team should have been saying something to him, which I, I don't, I don't know what their setup is in terms of somebody that's being in there, his ear or whatever. It was, it was very, very baffling. Well, you know, the Texans, they're never one on big on spending money. So I doubt there's a separate person to just handle these types of things for the head coach and say, well, well coach, we don't do that. You you wrote down on the sheet Tuesday that you gave me to specifically not be, you do something stupid like this, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. And that's usually why bad teams end up being bad. He is PFF lead analyst, John Costco. Uh, make sure you're checking everything out. Uh, obviously from the folks at PFF, valuable resource. Um, and the reason I love bringing John on here is because everybody likes to see the grades in hem and haw on social media. This is why we bring John on here once a week and he can break down a play or two or, and, or you guys will see 17 great things, one bad thing, and not understand that the one bad thing may have been the factor that held everything down. So it's always great to get John's insight here to break these things down. Um, and of course, you know, Brown fan in him. So make sure you're checking everything out. Make sure you're following at John Costco three, uh, the show itself at lock on Browns. Everybody knows follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd DMs are open. Throw a follow over there. Questions, ideas. You guys know, I try to make myself as available as I can for all of you as much time as you guys all give to the show. Speaking of the show, whether it is Spotify, whether it is Apple, whether it is Odyssey, as you know, lock on Browns is free on all your podcasting platforms. Make sure you are subscribed and following five-star ratings, written reviews. Uh, this is now Tuesday. We're going to get into tomorrow. We'll have a guest on. We'll close the book on the Houston Texans. Start peeking ahead to the Chicago Bears. We will have crossover this week with Lauren Cox from the uh, Lockdown Bears. He does a fantastic job. Uh, other bunch of fun stuff. Uh, you stick with me, and I will continue to provide you guys with the best content we can day in, day out. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.